0: Welcome, Burt Gang, on today's show. Danny Sorek joins me. The next phase of the offseason got underway on Monday. Organized team activities, or OTAs for short. They were football players on a football field doing football activities. So, what we learned? First, though, we need to congratulate Danny and her golf game. That's right, her golf game. It's Cardinals cover two, episode 646, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5, he's in again! Some more Merry Magic! Wow!
1: Here's Craig Grealoux.
0: Before we go any further in this edition of Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, a round of applause. That's right, everyone, stand and applaud Danny Sarek, who did something late last week that I will not let I will not let her or Zayvon Collins ever forget. Do you want to detail as opposed to me detailing?
1: Sure. It was the first episode of a new season of Game On, which is a fun segment we started last off season, where it's getting to know the players less as players and more as people through fun kids games. And there was a Cardinals golf outing in which Zayvon Collins was participating last week. So I went a little early and we had a putting challenge between the two of us for the first episode of Game On. My dad is a big golfer. And he would be He, he told me he his be very He told me his neck hurt from how often he was shaking his head watching that. And I will say, look, I, I don't I'm not a good golfer. Like I all the sports I played, I was much better with my legs. So like the arm movement given this was putting, so it's a little different. Like I'm I'm not a good golfer. I did lean into the bit to a certain extent. Like if you watched it and you saw the rangefinder, I know you're not supposed to use a rangefinder. We were just trying to have some fun. The gloves was real. Um, I know that you're only supposed to wear one glove, and I was like, it'll be funny, I'll wear two. And so I borrowed them from one of our videographers. And I didn't know that he only owned left gloves. and he didn't feel the need to tell me because he was like, why would I own a right-handed glove? Like of co- as if like I should know that. So when I did try to put both those on, that was that was a real reaction. However, you know the Rainfighter, that was kind of leading into the bit. but we did have some fun. Zaven was a very great, subject he had a lot of fun it was early in the morning um so we had fun and that's the first of many game on episodes coming on out so be sure to check that out on our official youtube channel twitter website all that good stuff
0: season two episode one so congratulations again for getting renewed for a second season because that's not always a guarantee in this line of work as we've seen both in television and radio as well but posted last friday which was zavin's birthday but the The star of the show, the line of the episode, quote, let the record show, I'm a better golfer than Zayvon Collins.
1: That's what the record shows, Because
0: Danny won the competition. And you know
1: what? Honestly, it was a true underdog story because, (laughs) which I I mean, first of all, I knew off the top when we were going to start the first drop with rock, paper, scissors, shoot, I was joking with our... By the way,
0: that took... An awfully long time. I to knew. Get that I
1: I knew from the beginning. I was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if we went like six rounds playing rock paper scissors shoot?" And lo and behold, but Zaven he got me in the first round, and then I came back. Zaven should have won. He just got cocky. Yes. He said, "Are you watching?" And I said, "Yes." And he looked up and he kept eye contact with me as he went to putt, and he missed, and that's how I came back. So you think he true took underdog story. It easy on you? I asked him when we were okay. done. I said, "Did you lose on purpose?" And he said, "No." So I'm going to take that as the truth.
0: All right, another feather in your cap, bitch. You know, that's not going to go well in that locker room. I'm I'll, I'll I'll continue to remind him.
1: Well, here's the thing is it just gives Rondale more, you know, more room to brag to me that he's the only one who's beat me in well, full season and and one episode this year of game on
0: careful cardinal players and coaches Uh, i'd love to see a a coach in there as well but if Danny comes walking around and issuing a challenge although it's more of a welcome would you like to participate in this but it is a true challenge and she does she does not hold back
1: no i'm not gonna go easy on them they're professional athletes
0: again game on season two episode one the cardinals official youtube channel it's a very very creative different approach to to getting to know these players not only on the field but off the field because it is it's a it's a different environment and you try to get them a little bit more relaxed. Now, what was not discussed in this video, something I want to discuss here because on Monday, start of OTAs, the next phase of the offseason workouts, but looking at Zaven Collins. What position where is he going to play this season? He's a linebacker. Is that inside or outside? And once again, During the open portion of Monday's work, Zayvon Collins, as we saw earlier in the offseason, working with the outside linebackers.
1: Not only that, Kaiser White was getting some one on one attention um, with the linebackers' coach. And look, that could just be trying to catch, he wasn't the only one. There were, you know, we saw out at OTAs on Monday Isaiah Simmons and Jalen Thompson were also getting some, you know, one on one time. So that could just be the, the key players, right? Really making sure those leaders are caught up. But it was also asked to Jonathan Gannon Monday by the press of who's going to wear the green dot, who's going to call the defense, and that's something they he said they talk about every day. Gannon saying they're still making that decision. To me, that will be Kaiser White because even if Zayvon Collins is not simply playing on the outside, it is clear they are going to have him move around. That is a lot to have to call the defense when you're constantly having to move around. And then think about everything else at the same time. So even if Zayvon Collins is moving and being more flexible, that to me says that Kaiser White will call your defense and that even if Zayvon still comes inside, he's going to be moving around and being more flexible. Maybe in how previous regime envisioned Isaiah Simmons.
0: I'm going to make a prediction here and be a little bit more strong than you are Kaiser White will be wearing that green dot week one. That's
1: fair. That's how I feel.
0: I mean, it's, I mean, one
1: the the only other option truly, if it's not going to be Buda Baker, would be Jalen Thompson, and I just I don't see that happening.
0: It just becomes more difficult because this was a conversation we had a year ago. Who's going to wear the green dot? Well, it's more likely that it's someone on that second level of the defense as opposed to a defensive lineman. Then you got to turn around and yell to the secondary or someone in the secondary that's going to yell up front to make sure whatever checks are needed. So typically, yeah, it is one of those linebackers, your inside linebacker. But Kaiser White is familiar with this coaching staff and this defense with Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rawlins. So to me, regardless of how much one-on-one time he was getting with Sam Sipkas, which I think is just another reason to say, all right, here's our quarterback on that side of the ball. We need you to know this defense inside and out to get everyone else lined up. Not that Zaven can't do it, But if he's going to be moving around left to right and more as an edge guy rushing into the backfield as opposed to dropping back, yeah, I think Kaiser White's wearing that green dot. And Zayvon Collins right now goes into that outside linebacker's room, which is much needed at this point.
1: I was thinking that. We were watching OTAs of just – we had talked about it on the Cardinals Underground podcast last week of – What's a bigger priority right now? Where do you feel least comfortable if the season were to start? Would that be the secondary or the pass rush? And it's, I mean, you, you look at that outside linebackers and it is a bit concerning of maybe not even just size, but experience and not only just experience, but productivity. Um, but at the same time, what else could the Cardinals have realistically done? I know people always want a big splash signing in free agency, but with how many holes this team had to fill, you couldn't really have afforded a signing like a J.J. Watt a few years ago or something along those lines. And I still do like the areas they address more so in the draft and uh, and throughout free agency more, you know, those inside linebackers and, and decisions like that. So it's hard because it's like, I look at that outside linebackers group, and I'm like, oof, I still feel like there needs to be more, but I also understand why there isn't more quite at this moment. So I like moving Zaven in there. That was something that the previous coaching staff had kind of tinkered with at the end of last season. Um, some size, good tackling, you know, if you can get that speed and in, in kind of create some trouble there. I'm all in favor for trying that out.
0: Ask yourself this question. Who scares you? Who, if you're the opposing quarterback or the opposing offensive coordinator, scares you in that outside linebacker's room. And again, we're speaking here at the end of May, so there is a lot of time. And it's not meaning no disrespect, which obviously is the precursor to disrespecting someone, but just based off the resumes of those six, now seven individuals in that room, there is no one that stands out to where you break the huddle, all right, where is whatever player that is top of mine when it comes to the opposing team scouting report
1: you don't know anything about the rookie bj usually you, you don't know anything i would think saving collins but again i'm not sure that there's enough tape to really know how formidable he is outside so if you're asking and, and you're looking at the rest of the room of dennis gardek victor demikhaji my sanders cam thomas probably be my and again that's not not everybody is going to be, you know, a Chandler Jones, but that's that's not necessarily saying that okay, like let's keep an eye on Sanders. The offenses aren't going to have to completely adjust around Sanders and that's that's something this Cardinals defense has had the last couple of years for the most part, that they don't have right now.
0: We did hear from Cameron Thomas earlier on Monday. He is bigger than what he was a year ago, and I think that's just natural. One, getting to know what your playing weight is and what it takes to be at the NFL, but he mentioned that he was a little bit bigger when he first got to the Cardinals. They told him to drop some weight, 255, and now he's back up to that weight on the roster he's listed at 267 he says he's probably more in that 270, 272 category which is where he was his last year at san diego state as a defensive end hand in the dirt now i do expect him to maybe a little, little bit both hand in the dirt and stand on the outside but he is your outside edge rusher whatever however if it's standing up or lined up with the hand in the dirt but i do think just year two for him, not only feeling a more comfortable, but a lot more is going to be expected of him and my Jay.
1: Absolutely. And I, I wonder, I don't even know how this could be measured, but I wonder too of having a new coaching staff going into year two as opposed to being a player and you're with the same coaching staff going into year two. There's pros and cons for both. And not to say that they wouldn't be motivated, but maybe this fresher start, I guess, to a certain degree, even though he only has one year under his belt, maybe that's good for him and maybe this coaching staff is going to bring out more for him and that he's really going to have that jump that you look for from players going from year one to year two when players talk about having to shift their weight so drastically 20 pounds and I and this Justin Pugh the offensive lineman last year when he was talking about when he ended up coming back and was you know at one point thinking about retiring and then when he wanted to play had to put on all this weight like when you hear about players talk about that it's crazy to me because you are working out and you're lifting and you're burning all these calories and you're having to eat imagine so much given obviously you know you're you're focusing on proteins or whatever else you're being very specific at what you are intaking for that goal but absolutely wild to be doing what they're doing and then you're either dropping or gaining 20 pounds and for the most part muscle like that's just crazy to me
0: so you're saying you you're jealous The ability to gain and lose weight? No, 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 no. I'm much too smart for that.
1: Yeah, you are. I'm
0: much too smart for that. I was going to say. Now, are are you envious or do you feel for what these players, in the case of Cameron Thomas, you're asked to lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, and you're going back and forth?
1: I guess both. I guess both. Pretty impressive.
0: Cameron Thomas, my Jay Sanders, three sacks each a year ago. Now, let's stay on the defensive side because we did bring up his name, Isaiah Simmons, He is the sack leader as far as players returning this season. J.J. Watt retired, Zach Allen now in Denver. Isaiah Simmons with four and a half sacks a year ago. The best sack artist, if you will, as far as the numbers are concerned from a year ago. Well, we saw him on the field for the first time this offseason. He had not been seen we saw him, though, in the building when there was that question, where was he during that veteran voluntary minicamp the week of the draft, that extra minicamp you're given when you have a new head coach, that shoulder injury late last season, the final game of the regular season, did that keep him off the field while well, he was back on the field on Monday and with the safeties, as he was all of last season. I was
1: going to say, deja vu, Craig. It's really not surprising. I think when you look at the players that this staff brought in in the off season, that linebacker position, it's a little different than what Isaiah Simmons looks like, his, his body type and what his skill set is. So it's not really surprising to me that we've only seen him the handful of times he's been out there. I guess this was the first practice, yep. really, Monday, that he's been with the DBs. That's what we saw. He was getting a lot of, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of. That one-on-one attention alongside Jalen Thompson. And that, to me, had me wondering of, hmm, if somebody else were also <laughs> also out on that field, would it be the three of them working together? Yes. Or is this more a backup plan if that third player is not on the field? Are you picking Are, are you picking up what I'm throwing down here? I card? am.
0: Buda Baker was not in attendance. And I believe the exact quote from head coach Jonathan Gannon with respects to Number three and your starting safety was Buddha will show up when he wants to show up. And but it, he's
1: it, been working out. He yes, been posting and on it, social it, it wasn't media. it
0: wasn't said in a in the tone that I just said it. It was Buddha will be here when he wants to be here when he needs to be here. He's doing everything in order to get ready for the regular season. There's no concern. There should be no concern from anybody. As far as is, even though he's not here, is Buddha doing everything that he needs to do in order to be week one ready? And the answer to that is he is doing everything he needs to do.
1: You knew that about Buddha yes. Baker, right? We, we all know that, that that's just the type of person, the type of player he is. He's going to make sure he's ready. And again, this is voluntary still, right? He's by far not the only veteran who's not out here. His situation is just a little different, making it clear that he would be open to playing somewhere else. Now we've talked about I, I still think he's going to be on this roster. I don't think he will be traded. Um, but it is interesting to not have him out on the field, have that energy, that leadership out there. Um but you're you're probably right. I would imagine if Buda Baker were out on the field Monday at OTAs, Isaiah Simmons would still be getting that, you know, individual attention alongside Jalen Thompson and, and getting in that extra work.
0: So that's the defense. Let's switch it over now and talk about what we saw Offensively, here during phase three of OTAs. Again, this is the first time you can get offense versus defense, but no contact. And yes, it's still voluntary. DeAndre Hopkins was not in attendance. And again, I'll go back to Coach Cannon. What about DeAndre Hopkins? Quote, I'm not worried about Hopkins. It's voluntary. Again, tone different than how I said it. No one's worried about D Hop. Although I'll say this, Dan, I'm still surprised and was talking with Darren Urban during practice today i'm still surprised that we're at this point darn near june 1st and having this conversation about what is the future what is the status of number 10
1: do you think it was a coincidence or was the timing great that deandre hopkins <laughs> was on the podcast recently with brandon marshall and said what he said just a few hours before jonathan gannon took to the podium
0: yeah i am athlete it was an hour-long interview but deandre hopkins is not at the dignity health arizona cardinals training center he's not even in arizona He's, not, he's not in the country. It's he's he's true. He's not he's in Toronto, working out, getting his body better.
1: On the podcast, Hopkins was asked about his situation with the Cardinals. And then was asked a broader question about what he is looking for in a team that is the right fit for him. And there were three things that he mentioned. It was essentially a great front office.
0: Stable management.
1: It was a quarterback who loves the game and is also going to make those around him better. And it was a great defense. And while all those things, I'm sure, are true, and and they specified asking about the Cardinals, and he said, you know, he's had good conversations with Monty Awesomefort. He was saying more in the in the past, right, of not only with Steve Kime, but also with the, the Houston Texans quarterback. He had good things to say about Kyler. He was a little iffy when talking about the rest of the quarterback's room. He kind of stopped before saying anything he might Regret if he were to step back into this locker room. It
0: was uh, it was concerning resumes again, yes. the Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, that you take Kyler Murray off that list, then there isn't anyone in that room.
1: Is DeAndre Hopkins wrong in saying or thinking that? No. We are essentially saying the same thing on these podcasts, Greg. That, that's not where I have a little bit of, maybe not an issue, but I'm frustrated with something like this being said. Because... DeAndre Hopkins, at the beginning of the offseason, was posting very cryptically about where, not even necessarily cryptically, of like thanking Cardinals fans and where sh- where do you want to see me play? Where should I go? And then just a few weeks ago, posted a video working out in Phoenix and said, who said I wanted to be anywhere else? And then on this podcast or this, this interview, basically implied that by saying that, he met in Phoenix, yeah. not with the Cardinals. And I just can't keep up with somebody who says that they want to be traded and they don't want to be traded and I want to be here. And what do you mean I said I wanted to be here? It's just a lot.
0: (laughs) The line of questioning, though, was also that the Cardinals are shopping DeAndre Hopkins, which, true or not, don't forget that Hopkins and his representatives were given permission to figure out maybe there would be a trade partner out there amongst the other 31 teams.
1: And went on a media tour, essentially. Having people close to him go on different media outlets and flat-out name teams that Hopkins would be interested in playing for. I, am I missing something? Is there something I'm not understanding? Look, I understand that it's it's a business, and it's all about the money, and I don't have any sort of problem if Hopkins wants to go elsewhere or, or he feels the way he does about the quarterback situation – with Kyler Murray likely not being ready to start the season. I understand if he wants to go somewhere where the team might feel like they are closer to winning a Super Bowl than the Cardinals are right now. I don't have a problem with that. My thing is, is all these contradictory things that you're going out there and you're saying, and while he's not here and this is a new staff and there's a lot of new players on this team and that kind of stuff isn't going to get to them. At the same point, if all you're doing is just going and talking about this team and all this stuff, at some point, I would imagine – Players are probably going to get a little frustrated if you're saying all these things and then you end up here in this locker room and it's like, okay, like now what?
0: He is under contract. Now the question is, will he show during the mandatory mini camp middle of June or does he get a hall pass, if you will, and say, hey, don't worry about it? Will she at the start of training camp if there is nothing done between now and late July, early August? Again, We've been talking about this now for months. I'd like to get to the point where we don't have to have these recurring conversations because, to me, Hop is still a talent. And I don't see this team just getting rid of him to get rid of him.
1: I, I honestly, at this point, unless something drastic happens to another team where you essentially have a star wide receiver who has a season ending or an 8 to 10 week injury an injury that would keep you out you know 8 to 10 weeks of the season that you would need someone and it's during training camp or something like that I can't see Hopkins getting traded before the season starts and then before the trade deadline you try and get something out
0: We'll see it's it's something that we will continue to keep an eye on as we did on Monday when we noticed that there was no number 10 which we knew ahead of time because that interview happened about an hour and a half before the team officially hit the field for the start of OTAs. But it was, speaking of the wide receiver position, it was good to see Rondell Moore on the field. Remember, he ended last season on IR with that groin injury, but he looked, again, you're not running full speed, but he looked pretty good. And if you do not have a number 10 on the field, then you're going to need someone and a lot of different players to step up in that wide receiver room. Zach Paschal, who we had a chance to hear from on Monday, likes the chemistry and the fact that everyone is working together in that room. You've got Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch, Zach Paschal in that room, and then a lot of newcomers and some unproven guys in there, including your new draft pick, Michael Wilson. But it does change the complexion of that room if you have number 10 and obviously if you don't have number 10.
1: Right. Who would be the alpha is an interesting question. And you talk about a lot of unproven young players in that room. I would argue maybe unproven isn't the best word, but I think pretty much everyone in that room is unproven. Because the the biggest carryovers would be Greg Dortch, Andre Bocelli, who will likely just pretty much be on special teams, Ronda Moore, and Hollywood Brown. You and I have had this discussion a few times about if Hollywood Brown is a true number one and we feel a little differently, but I do understand what you feel he's not because he hasn't proven that here. My point of saying that pretty much everyone in that room is unproven is because this is a new staff. And if you're looking at those main players, Greg Dortch, who played well last year, didn't have a lot of playing time. Rondell Moore wasn't healthy. Hollywood Brown wasn't healthy. So even though Hollywood and Rondale are those veteran presences, I mean, Zach pascal has been in the league, right, for a few years, but I'm talking about here with the Cardinals. The fact that those two were not healthy last season, and this is a new coaching staff, to a certain degree, everyone in that room, maybe not unproven, but it's up for grabs for anyone in that room. I don't think anything is set in stone. Now, that's not to say right? Hollywood Brown is going to be your story. My, my point being that especially with the new staff and coming off injuries for Rondo Moore and Hollywood Brown, they still have a lot to prove.
0: Pascal has done it, although he did it with Indianapolis, not so much with the Eagles last season. And you can make an argument, and I will, that last season, as far as most reliable, most consistent, Greg Dortch. Yes. Wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform in that wide receiver room because he was available each and every Sunday can he take that next step? Does this, to your point, Danny, this new coaching staff, do they see the same or is it blank slate? Or it's like, yeah, you've got a limited skill set. We don't know where your ceiling is. Maybe we see it here as opposed to a little bit higher. I'm curious where he falls in on that depth chart.
1: Yeah, and it's it's funny because I want to say, you know, training camp will be a great way to see that. But Greg Dorch has great training camps, right? And then, But again, that was a different coaching staff. Um, So we'll see. But it is nice to see that this staff has really focused on some height and some size with the players that they have brought in of drafting Michael Wilson, Brian Cobb, Zach Paschal. So the height that was missing, if you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, you no longer have Antoine Wesley, A.J. Green, you're starting to get some of that back in that room
0: a couple of other observations Colt McCoy throwing
1: how about that
0: first time we've seen him throw this offseason he was not throwing during that voluntary veteran mini camp the week of the draft again it is late May we'll see what happens once training camp begins but all quarterbacks were on the field minus Kyler Murray although Murray was in attendance watching which I thought was I thought was important and it was noticed by Zach, it was noticed by the head coach, and I think noticed obviously by us, but just the fact that, yeah, he got his work done inside, can't do anything on the field at the moment, but is watching, and as JG said, going through those mental reps, which are just as valuable as physical reps, but seeing Kyler Murray on the football field I think was important, not only for us in the media, but his teammates as well.
1: Absolutely we had discussed before you know practice started early in the off season of is kyler murray going to rehab here or how is he going to handle this new coaching staff is he going to be around to start building those relationships and to be honest to many of our surprise he has been here and he has been playing an active role to the best physically that he can um, not out on the practice field but or practicing but still being out on the field and in those meeting rooms and taking those mental reps and that is still important and that's important to show to this team. Um, I do think that the type of leader that Kyler Murray is in the locker room is probably a little different than what the perception is of him out in the media but I mean we can't be so naive to say that players don't hear and see that stuff. Sure you know they might not go out to check it but they hear some of it so I'm sure that Seeing Kyler Murray out there and the fact that he's been around and he's been here every day, I'm sure, reassures his teammates and especially the new ones of, oh, this is this is Kyler Murray, right? Like the competitor, the leader, like this, this is who he is. And so it is nice to see him out on the field and being there and being present and as active as he can be.
0: As JG said, it just shows that he cares. And I think that more than anything is most important when you see Kyler Murray out on that football field as a spectator, but again, maybe doing a little bit more. Again, I didn't see any, but it would not have surprised me if he pulled aside someone and said, yes, this is what we want to see. This is how I like to see it being done. All that happens inside. There's no reason why it can't happen outside.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I do think that, overall for camaraderie sake that having your franchise quarterback out there still wearing a sleeve on that right leg is is good for morale
0: a little bit odd though as far as what we noticed that was different out on that football field and that has seen new players wearing familiar numbers which to me was the first indication that yeah this is a little bit different because the first number I saw was number seven Byron Murphy nope
1: very different, very different body type than Byron Murphy. That's true. Kaiser Ky- <laughs> White is a little bit
0: bigger, stockier than a Byron Murphy. But Although, that was the first number that I saw. I was like, wait a second, who's seven? Oh, that's right. Yes, that's Kaiser White. But
1: Owen Papo, the linebacker, yes. forty-four. Marcus, I am like, I almost audibly gasped. Of like, what is Marcus doing here? That one got me. And then you had a you had a funny joke with seeing from afar the rookie B.J. Ogilary eighteen. A.J. Green. Yeah, A.J. Green's back. Not so quite. You,
0: it's when you're. During rookie minicamp, obviously the roster was 20-plus, so you already are thinking, all right, what numbers and everything, and then you get to OTAs when the veterans and rookies come together for the first time, and all of a sudden you got 90 players on the football fields. All right, what do we remember as far as who's out on that football field? Familiar numbers? Like, I still have to go back and look whenever I see 55. Well, last year, 55 was Ben Neiman. This year, 55 is Dante Stills. And I still go back to 55, Chandler Jones. It's it's something that you always have to kind of relearn, especially those, I wouldn't say iconic numbers, but familiar, like a a Zach Allen. Well, he's not here anymore. So number 94 is Carlos Watkins, a newcomer.
1: There's definitely players or numbers where – it's always going to stick to being one person and then it kind of catches you off guard. It's like, wait a second, who is that now? It's even like 13 is still Christian Kirk to me.
0: Yeah, I I had to do a double take and then obviously we talk about size versus Christian Kirk, Keytrail Clark, although we've been told that he prefers to be referred to as Trey. Trey. Maybe that's why he wore 13 because you can't wear three because that's Buda Baker.
1: Maybe. You should have asked him that. You could have asked I guess I hadn't thought about it though. Next time tell me, I'll ask a question for you.
0: I thought the best question of the day was yours. It elicited the best response I thought that was how you
1: were opening the podcast originally, to be honest.
0: No, I gave you your flowers. Go go ahead and now we can give the recap for the
1: listeners who were not live streaming the press conferences.
0: It was question number four to head coach Jonathan Gannon, and I believe it was a very fair question. Because, as we've noticed very quickly, J.G. does not offer up much as far as we want definitive, like where certain players are going to play, what kind of defense are Which you going to run. most
1: coaches don't.
0: True. But as a first-time head coach, maybe you thought maybe you would get a little bit, he'd be a little bit more comfortable and not, maybe a little bit more free than, say, a veteran head coach. But he keeps things very close to the vest, and you tried really, really hard to get. That's a good question. It was a very good question. Would you like to?
1: Sure. I'll I'll,
0: I'll, hear what you be, Danny.
1: (laughs) Well, let me let me just say that that when it comes to the thought behind the question is, it's about the offensive line, and there's a lot of versatility in these players. And the three that I was really thinking of was Josh Jones. And the rookies, John Gaines and Paris Johnson Jr. And where they were getting some of those reps through rookie minicamp and at Monday's OTAs practice. And again, this is voluntary. So really, the only veterans besides Josh Jones from the offensive line that were out there was Will Hernandez. So my question to Jonathan Gannon was, with the offensive line and the versatility is a decision to have these players practice at the positions they are because that's where you want to see them play or because you don't have your starting veterans there and you need to fill the spots. And my thought was, okay, if DJ Humphreys were practicing at left tackle and Kelvin Beach were practicing at right tackle, Where are you playing Josh Jones and Paris Johnson Jr.? Is it still in those positions as competition? Are you playing them elsewhere? That was the thought behind the question. So when I asked if those players are practicing where they are because that's where you want to see them play or because you don't have your veterans at practice, this is what he said, Gregory Liu.
0: And you could see the thought bubble over JG's head because he's like, all right, that's a great question, and now i got to figure out a way to answer this without really saying anything specific to where people are going to run with, oh, Paris Johnson Jr. is playing left tackle. No, wait, he's playing right tackle. So the response was, with a smile on his face. That's a pretty aggressive question, Danny.
1: And then he let out a little chuckle. I think he was just trying to buy time.
0: He was, and I do... He actually did give one of the better responses because we always hear this versatility on the offensive line, and he went in more in depth on the fact that during Monday's OTA practice, and I think for a lot of the offseason, they are mixing and matching. So maybe a Paris Johnson Jr. does play some right tackle, some left tackle, maybe even some guard. Will Hernandez, right guard, left guard. You put them in, they got to start somewhere. And then you see, within this offensive line, is Paris Johnson Jr. capable of playing right tackle? Is he more comfortable there than, say, left tackle or right guard or left guard, even though they might have played those positions in the past? I think a lot of this is trying to figure out what is best for the individual, and then obviously you put five guys together to form the best offensive line that you have.
1: I I didn't have a problem with the answer of any sort of – I understand that versatility and depth is important. And maybe I guess I should have known. I I thought it was worth the the shot to try and see if he was going to get a little more specific of, yeah, if the veterans were here, we would still be practicing these players at where they practiced on Monday. Alas.
0: It did give us one of the best responses (laughs) and something, again, as we will not let Zayvon Collins – Forget that you are a better golfer, at least a better putter than he is. Just make sure. It's a pretty aggressive question, Danny.
1: Yeah, I hope that's the only time that gets said. But you know what? If if that's I think I think he was just having fun. But if that's the way he feels, <laughs> but it's a good question, I have no problem asking it.
0: Yeah, just be careful. You're developing a reputation with a brand-new coaching staff.
1: Apparently, yeah, maybe I should be a little more careful.
0: Hey, a couple of other items uh, around the league. The spring league meeting is going on in Minneapolis. A couple of things, Danny, yes or no. Number three emergency quarterback is something that this league is going to allow. Have to keep three quarterbacks on your 53-man roster. But if one of those quarterbacks is inactive on the inactive list – They can be in uniform, and if quarterback one and quarterback two go down to injury, then yes, you can pull in that third emergency quarterback.
1: Yes, I'm in favor of this. This is obviously going to change rosters, and and right now you're having an extra spot for a quarterback. I think for the Cardinals specifically it makes sense for however many weeks Kyler Murray's out. Assuming that even Colt McCoy is fully healthy, assuming Colt McCoy is going to be your starter, I mean, you don't really know right, or how healthy he's going to be or how they're going to go out there and play. And so I like being able to have the option to have a third quarterback. I know the 49ers are probably very glad about this change. Jog my memory, Craig, was it last season or the one before where the Cardinals were in a sticky situation and the backup quarterback was going to, they, they had to go down, right? So I, I can't think of the game.
0: Patrick Peterson was always the emergency quarterback. But, and but I, it was when yeah. I was
1: here, and I'm pretty sure it was, was it Chase Edmonds who would have been the the you're backup right. quarterback? So I guess that would have been two seasons really ago. I
0: can't remember the exact the game, situation. But there was a situation
1: yeah. where the Cardinals, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So And, and the Cardinals are not the only team that have ever found themselves in that situation, so I do like this. I think it it makes sense. I think even though you're now having to keep an extra roster spot, roster spot for a quarterback if you find yourself in that situation you will be happy you did so
0: yeah this goes back to the nfc championship game in the 49ers because they lost their two quarterbacks and they had to scramble and christian mccaffrey they were going to fit his helmet to get that uh speaker in there so he could get the calls from the sideline but yeah but you need to keep three quarterbacks on your active roster, on your 53. You can't pull someone up from the practice squad as an emergency. They have to be on the 53-man roster. This is not elevations from the practice squad to the active roster on that Friday or Saturday do not count.
1: Now, in a situation where if Kyler Murray is comes back and you have him and Colt McCoy and you have to make an elevation earlier in the week, like that, that's still an option, right? You can make some roster changes and bring a quarterback up if you need to. Um, But I I do think this makes sense for the long haul for the league.
0: Flexible scheduling on Thursday night football. Boo. Approved. Weeks 13 to 17. 28-day notice is required and a maximum of two flexes per season. So this is something that I know there were owners that very vocal. John Mara, the New York Giants, did not like it. Um,
1: The Raiders, too.
0: Yeah this is something that obviously with players but it's also fans but before that the, the the difference here is the 28 day notice as opposed to i believe it was a week or 10 day I think notice it was 15 15 two 20, weeks?
1: 28 days is makes more sense but but the argument which is something that i agree with is you still have to consider the fans i mean not even counting in the player safety of those shorter weeks if you're a fan and you bought a ticket to a Thursday night game and you are paying to travel and for lodging and for your ticket and all this other stuff and in two weeks they say oh actually the game's now Sunday what what are you supposed to do like how does that make the experience of the NFL enjoyable for fans to continue to want to travel and pay for tickets and do all of those experiences so I like that it's 28 days I, I, I don't know. The the change is still like weird to me of like being able to flex and the fact that not every team, including the Cardinals, has a primetime game. Like the fact that not everyone's guaranteed a Thursday or Monday gate like that, that is still just kind of weird to me. Um, but I like that I guess it's at least twenty eight days notice to flex a Thursday night game.
0: I thought the big adjustment this year was gonna be the flexible scheduling for Monday night football. Now you got that plus Thursday night football as well. Again, we'll see how often it gets used if it gets used it all depends on that particular week's schedule but yeah you do need time to prepare not only the players but the fans as well when you're going to a Thursday night game or Sunday game to your point all of a sudden wait a second it's four days earlier now I was like yeah you that that's hotel that's airfare
1: it's all money Craig it's all money and and every network wanting the best game possible
0: and you are money Danny Sarek,
1: Craig. That Oma. Let's <laughs> Oma, Let's clip that out. Let's not only clip what I say to use in the radio broadcast during the season, but let's clip that out and put it in the open.
0: A better golfer than Zayvon Collins, and now a very aggressive question, <sighs> Questionnaire. questionnaire, Apparent- question asker. Question.
1: Yeah. A- apparently, yeah, that's fine. I could have been called worse.
0: I'll just let that hang. <laughs> on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almondro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.